Doug South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DougSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here your host, Rocky LaFleur. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the butt. Josh Webb. Sorry I had a fight in the middle of your butt. I'm part of And Jake LaTontis. I am bad news. Also starring Rob Crew. I bet this guy's into the woods a hundred bucks. And Bradley Ramsey. Bill Martin inside. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody. Showtime. Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFour in the Duck's House Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. This Monday, joining me on his bank run, Rob Kroon. Jeez, all I heard was, it sounded like you have one of those cash machines in your truck with you, just... Yeah, I got one. Yeah. You know, when you run in these temp services and, and all this boats and hose all at once, man, you, you got to have one. The the boat business is good right now. Must be. Boat business is pretty good. and got some people's stuff breaking, and uh, that keeps us busy. I do have some new boats, so I would like to make an announcement. Uh, I did sell uh, Mr. Halford's Poontoon, and we did not have to give away fireworks, although it would have been very festive considering we sold it the week, literally the week before July 4th. Um, I think it would have been a good thing to do to give them some. Dr. As you can hear, as you can hear, folks, that's you. Charlie. that is Charlie Brown's teacher. Talking to Rob about all the money he has in his bank. She, uh, she's my best friend up here, man. She's taking care of me. I don't know. I just lost her pen. It went. I just lost her pen. It went down to that that hole of death between your console and your seatbelt. So sorry about that. I don't know. I mean, when stuff goes down there, it doesn't come back ever. So, but yeah. Uh, Everything's good. There's not many, not many people buying boats right now, but they're sure breaking them. So uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, luckily, I've been able to. Ski boats have got to be getting, uh, having a lot of mechanical trouble. We're getting into the big time part of the year where a lot of people are skiing. Yeah, well, around here, honestly, everybody's gone to pontoons. Like, nobody has ski boats here anymore. I have no idea why. But, like, Middle Tennessee, they still, you know, pretty much are the majority, and then down there they are as well. But, you know, if you go to buy one of these new, like, Mastercraft X-Stars or one of these new Supras or whatever, they're like 100000 Like, one of those boats is like 140 grand for a new one. Like, who does that? I mean, yeah, they a lot of these guys have their, you know, like, early 2000s Mastercrafts or inboards, straight inboards, and, you know, most of them just got 305s or 302s in them. And, I mean, you got to think. It's two. It's twenty year old boat now. You know, I mean, you're gonna have some issues. It's not a, you know, especially when you use it forty days out of the year and it sits there the other three hundred and twenty. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, we're just cruising along. Any kind of ski boat. I mean, you're gonna have stuff that's uh, 
So, anyway, I'm just glad that the gas is crap because if the gas, all these new outboards that are four strokes, if I didn't have, if I, if they didn't sell ethanol gas, I'd be, I'd have to do something else because nothing would break. Because that gas is so bad on those motors that if they ever change it back, I'm screwed. I'll just do something else. So. Uh. I mean, I actually enjoy it, it in, a, in a twisted way. How long does a this is this is your specialty? I want to ask you this before we get off into the crazy world of Mondays with Rob. Boat can sit up how long, or motor can sit up for how long before ethanol start causes starts causing a problem? Not long, and it really doesn't even have to sit up. I mean, you you got to think you're running that stuff. You know, you're running that stuff through gas hoses that are rubber that have a liner in them. So what happens is that he set liner up, and that liner turns to gel. And when it turns to gel, then it goes first to your filters. Then some eventually get through your filter, and if you have a carbureted motor, it gets in there. If you have a new four-stroke, it gets into your high-pressure fuel pump, which is even worse because those things are like 700 bucks. So, like I said, gas right now is my friend. And uh, I hate it for everybody else, but I don't really. You know, if you're going to have a boat, you need to have money to fix it. I mean, you know, it's a luxury item, let's be honest. That is true. That's, that's, just, like, <clears throat> that's just like with, with my wife. You know, they, they, they come in, they want a dental, they want this and that at the vet clinic, blah, blah, blah. And then you hand them a $300 bill and they're like, Arr! I'm like, what do, what do you, yeah. you got all this done. It's your job to take care of a dog. You you knew going in that you were going to have expenses with it. You know, like, I, I, when when I have somebody get mad at me for my labor rate, I just say, "Look, man, we do good work. We stay behind our work, and and that's how much it costs. It's expensive. I mean, I know it is, but you know, I have to pay my mechanic. And, you know, he he does really well. I can't lose him." You know, it's just part of it. I mean, she didn't go to vet school for 40 years to sit in there and fix clean people's teeth, clean dogs' teeth for nothing. Hey, let me, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think the starting salary for a new graduate with $350,000 worth of debt uh, a veterinarian is? New I'm veterinary say, graduate? I'm, I'm going to say, depending on where you are, it's probably between 50 and 70. It is. You're exactly right. Hit it right on the nose. Oh, and that's Man. pathetic. Oh, it is. It's absolutely. I, I know a lot of you people are going, <gasps> but it's true. He hit it right on the head. Have y'all opened the doggy daycare yet, like Spencer? <laughs> no, not yet. Man. what a, he's, Anyway, yeah. Spencer's my idol. Hey, speaking of Spencer... Did you see that article about the AGFC? Did. Um, didn't we, did we not just literally talk about that on that podcast? I mean, like, literally say that was going to happen? You did. Y'all okay, both just did. Just making sure. I know, just making sure. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't mean to rustle feathers the other day. I got some guy all out of sorts. I was like, man, I got to go. I'm hanging out with my family. Like, whatever, I got to go. That that's a my granddaddy cut that hole out in 1937. I've been hunting there since I was four years old. I was blowing a duck call when I was five. All right, rock on, dude. 
What do you think about the new commissioner in Arkansas? You, you seen her uh, yet? Pretty, yeah. Also, did you do you know where she, like who she is and where she works? Uh, I don't. She works. She works for Whit Stevens. And that is one of the representatives or senators. Or no, Whit is the. Whit is the son of that, or grandson of that huge financial mega rich dude. Uh, Whit Stevens is the one that bought Russell McCullough's old place, Stuttgart. Ooh. Bought it for like $13 million. Just bought a huge quail plantation in Georgia or somewhere. They're the ones that built that Elotion golf course or whatever it's called. It's real exclusive. Anyway, they got, they, they own Stevens Inc. and Stevens Insurance. They've got enough money to do whatever they want. So, I don't know what's going to be their uh, first order of business with her, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's really funny from, like, from my perspective because I'm not a resident. So I'm, I'm kind of on this, like, people don't believe me, but I'm actually kind of, like, neutral on everything until I figure out where I want to go with it. And people, like, the guy yesterday was attacking me, like, oh, it's comical that you think this and you're from Mississippi. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not from Mississippi. I lived there for a long time, but I'm from Tennessee. Second of all, I've been hunting Arkansas for 25 years. All right, dude? Like, I can have and form an opinion over Arkansas hunting. I own land there. I mean, I hunt there probably twice as many days a year as you do. Okay? So I don't want to hear about it from you about how I'm comical. So regardless, like, I can make my own damn decision because I'm a grown-ass man. And so... Yeah, I get passionate about it. Like, I love Arkansas. I love the state of Arkansas. I love going there. I love hunting there. I love going to the Greasy Spoons there and having dinner, you know, Friday, Saturday nights when I'm there or every night when I'm there, really, whatever. And I don't want to hear from these people about how good everything is and how they don't need the money. If you go to Stuttgart right now, like, until open season opened up, which I don't know if you know what that is, but they opened a huge restaurant. I don't know how they're going to keep it open year-round, but that's not my problem. You have Sportsman's, you have a Mexican restaurant, and you have um, Pan or some other place. I forgot what it's called. And that's it. Like, you don't, there's no, like, there's nothing there anymore. When I first started hunting at Stuttgart, there was 15 places to eat. The place was booming. It was, everybody was there, everybody was happy. You go over there now, and it's like a damn, like, grandma's funeral when they accidentally cremated her. It was supposed to be open casket. Everybody's pissed off. What happened to grandma? I, hell, I don't know. I told him it was open casket. And you get there, and they got her in a damn stern. So I don't know, man. It's just, things have changed, and people don't understand. Like, these people that are so passionate, and I'm passionate, too. These people, these residents are so passionate and think that, that like, we're the out-of-staters are ruining it and not, you know, like, all they, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's our resource. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is for a little while until they cut all the rest of the wood. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, these regulations, you keep water off the wood. How's that going for you right now? This is two springs in a row. The, the woods are going to have water until Halloween or longer. So, I mean, all this stuff and all, all this political bull crap that they keep spewing, and they've got these residents so brainwashed that they don't understand. And I'm not saying I know everything, and I'm not saying that I, that I have a crystal ball, but if you can't see what's going on, with that whole deal, then you got bigger problems than than I than I have time for, you know. And I mean, it just it, it's like I said this: I'm beating a dead horse. I only hunt with people from Arkansas. 
my best man, my freaking wedding was from Arkansas. Like, they act like I'm a leper. The people on the internet, I'm like, dude, you have no clue. You pay taxes in Arkansas, right? Yeah. I'm like, you have no clue, buddy. So, anyway, before I get back on that crazy... Let me ask you a question before we leave it, because I I know you don't want to rant all day. Rob Croon's solution to fix crowding, to fix pressure management, the the problems with with pressure on some of these WMAs over there, how do you solve it, really and truly? Well, let's think about this for a second. Instead of saying it's overcrowded and the pressure's hurting the ducks, let's think about the last year's duck season. Was it the fact that there was too much pressure or the fact that there weren't ducks? There weren't ducks. So when you have a migration and everybody's killing ducks and everybody has ducks, you don't have to go in the woods seven days and kill them every day. You can go in the woods and kill three out of six, seven days, and you're happy. It's woods hunting. That's what it is. So when you have a crappy migration like we had this year and, you know, all these clubs are down a thousand ducks and forty percent and seventy percent, and you know you, you don't understand that that's what's going on. You're going to blame pressure. I mean, it's not in overcrowding. That's not what it is. It's overcrowded when you go in there and kill forty. You just don't know it because you're shooting the whole time. You have no idea that so and so's hunting a half a mile away, and they might may or may not be having a good hunt. You don't know or care. You're picking up ducks and you're happy. So this all goes down with people being freaking negative people that can't understand and can't understand expectations. If you hate the way your life is going, just lower your expectations. Instead of worrying about posting a log pit 60 days a year, just go out and have fun and kill a few. Go go have fellowship. Get drunk the night before. If you hadn't hunted with a real 10 out of 10 hangover, then you ain't hunted. You know, I mean, if you, seriously, if you if you haven't hunted with a grade A, my head is thumping hangover, then I don't want to talk to you. So, wow. and look, and look, you know, it's just, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I can't remember when it was, but we had a really good migration. We held ducks. We had a little stale period with the weather, but we still had somehow held ducks in our area. And so it was a good year. Like, everybody did good. I mean, it, in Tennessee and Mississippi is like the best year I think they've had in 10, 15, 20 years. But anyway, everybody had a good year. Nobody was complaining about it then. The year before that wasn't so great. Oh, it's overcrowded. I can't even get to my hole. The 4 a.m. rule stupid. I'm racing. I blah, blah, blah. Whatever, man. But anyway, this is just the first, in my opinion, this is just the first domino of several that are going to fall. People are going to be like, oh, no, no, hey, oh, residents, eight of a cent tax, blah, blah, blah. I think that what's going to end up happening, you, like we, we're all in agreement, it's going to end up in a draw sooner than later. And when it does up, end up in a draw, do you think that the, res, the non-residents will have the opportunity to get back in to any time on the 60 days? Crazy question. Well, I was actually getting my happy hour Sonic drink, and I'm going to need you to repeat that because Tracy couldn't hear my order. No, that's fine. So you, we're, we're all in agreement that sooner than later it's going to go to a draw, right? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think so. Like that—that that would be the—that would be where I initially thought, and I kind of think they're going. But how many how many years is it going to take of them doing the user permit to realize that hey, we're you know we're losing money here, you know? And it, it's going to be a it's going to be a ripple effect, and I hate to say that, make it sound clicheous, but you know you. There's going to be consequences regardless of how they handle this. They're either going to make they're going to make somebody mad one way or the other. What's your so, non-resident until, license over there? A year. I pay like one. I think I pay one fifty for the license and the stamp, and then I used to pay another hundred fifty for the WMA permit, regardless if I hunted or not. And two guys in my club did the same thing. They would just buy the non-resident WMA permit just because. You know, say one night nine o'clock, you get a call, you want to go hunting. So, th so they lose these those people. Those people are gone. They don't have to buy anymore. Why would they? Because they can get online and buy it the night before if they're going to hunt the woods. So they're losing that hundred and fifty from all those people that were buying it just because. And you don't. If somebody's going to get on there and say, "Well, that doesn't amount to nothing. bullshit," it does amount to something. You're still going to have to buy it, right? If you, yeah, if you hunt. But what about the guys from Georgia or South Carolina or Illinois, somewhere way off? I don't care where. It doesn't matter. That used to come, and they used to come, say, for a week because they had vacation from work, and they would just stay the whole week and hunt. And now they're like, screw it, I'll go to Missouri. Or screw it, I'll go, I won't go at all. Or Maybe they do come and buy one permit, so they instead of buying the non-resident permit that they would have had to spend um, one hundred fifty dollars on, now they only have to spend seventy because they're hunting for they need two. It's five days a piece, so they get seventy dollars instead of one hundred fifty. When they would use back in the day, you could only buy a five-day term. Like you could only buy a five-day permit or a yearly license. So they're missing out on all of that. So you can't tell me. But that's not affecting things. If you can look me in the eyes like these guys do on Facebook, you know, they get keyboard warriors and they act like that our money doesn't matter to them, then, yeah, rock on, cowboy. Well, he said yesterday, he's like, I don't care how much money you spend on food and beer over here. And I'm like, what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What do you mean you don't care about money I spend over there? If you don't want me over there for whatever reason, just. You know, whatever. But I would think you better care. Come to you better care because they're gonna make it up somewhere. That's right. And you know, when people come to visit me or our city, then yeah, I, will, I mean, in grass, please spend money. You know, and nobody wants to talk about the turkey hunting situation. We, you know, I don't even know if you want to go there, but there's more people from Arkansas. I mean, dude, they're everywhere. You go to Mississippi or Tennessee during turkey season and count the Arkansas tag. And that's fine. They pay the license. The license is expensive. The out of state license in Tennessee is like almost five hundred bucks for turkey. So they're paying I mean, they're paying the money. But I don't care. Come over here and hunt. I mean what what do I care? So I don't know. Who whoever decided one day or whoever sat down commissioner wise, I'm not talking about the booger eaters and the mouth breathers that are playing Tetris in their mom's basement right now, building Sim City or whatever. I'm talking about the dudes that actually supposedly have some sense and business sense that are successful people. How did they, like, what happened? Who, who, who decided that that was a good idea? Oh, I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to limit a resource 
We need to limit, uh, you know, we need to limit some money. We're, we have so much money here in Arkansas that we don't need this. We don't need this money. Like, who, who, who's pushing that? You know, I mean, I can't be the only person in the world that that thinks that this is crazy. No, I think there's a lot of people. So I just feel bad for my buddies. You know who they are. They used to hunt it and take care of it and, you know, wouldn't shot chase and, and, you know, would respect it and, you know, hunt the right way. And, hell, I know several times with guys, and I don't know if they want me to mention their name, but I know several people, you know, that, that help people broken down would help them pull, either pull them back or, you know, give them some gas or whatever. I, I mean, and I've, I've, not just one or two times, all the time, you know? So, I mean, it's not like, I know there's, I know there's some assholes, but, you know, like I said, all the only people I hunt with pretty much are residents. So, it's not like right. that we're coming up. Right. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I want you to, I want you to play this out from a a business standpoint. I want to talk about this just a second. You take, please, please don't. Let's don't. Let's let's look at this from a business standpoint. Let's talk facts, okay? Three or four years ago, there was a gentleman that got online made critical points in uh, Facebook videos all the time about out-of-staters coming to Arkansas to hunt. This guy depends on people to for his business that he makes money from. That was a bad decision. You know, it kind of led the charge for Arkansas. It really kind of piped up a voice the spark that kind of started this whole fire. Would you agree with that? That that was not a good choice. I think that there was a fire going already, but I think it was under wraps, and I think it was between people that aren't like a leprechaun and can can communicate and think about the things and and articulate things that that would happen. Now, do I – you know, he got so many people behind him and so many people fired up about this that it – it set us back 20 years, or it set us back. It's 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 just like anything. Like, okay, say you live in, let's just pick Memphis out of just where, let's just say, okay, say you're in Memphis, and you have a white politician and a black politician. And all of a sudden, the black politician starts throwing dirt. The white politician starts throwing dirt. All of a sudden, you're back in 1960 wanting to kill them. And I'm not I'm just talking about white and black. I'm not trying to make this a race war. I'm just saying it makes you upset. It makes If you're passionate about something, it's going to make you mad that that person is saying that. So if you make right. your money by shooting videos and doing things for people, a service for people, and you're pissing them off, yeah, you're going to lose business. And you may say that's fine. He may have more business than he can ever have, and he may he may have everything he needs. But getting on there and doing that, and pushing that as hard as he pushed that, then yeah, I mean, it, it affected a lot of things. And, and it, you know, you can say, well, it didn't affect the commissioners. If you think the commissioners aren't hearing this stuff, you're crazy. You know, I mean, of course they hear it. Of course they're hearing it. It doesn't matter if, you know, Cousin Eddie's son comes home and tells him, and Cousin Eddie goes, well, hell, I know John Hall. I'm going to give him a call. 
And he calls him or texts him and says, my son heard this and this, this and this. They, they know. Everybody knows. It's it, Everybody thinks duck hunting is some huge – duck hunting is a small community. It, it plays mm-hmm. a lot smaller than, you know, than people think. You know, it's, it's, it's not hard to, you know, to influence people. I mean, you, you look at these – you talk – okay, let's use the word influencer. The guy you're talking about is an influencer. I think he's, I think he's goofy. I don't trust him. But he's an influencer. He he can make he makes people he's people believe what he says a lot of times. And other people, you know, Tony Vandemore, he's an influencer. I mean, I've cut off multiple sleeves of t- off my t shirts to be like Tony. I wanna be like Tony. And so, you know, you get these kind of people that can move the needle and next thing you know you have this kind of stuff. And I I've never seen Tony Move the needle in a negative way about waterfowl. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying well, when has Tony wanted... ever took in a stance on something as controversial as that? No, and he, he and he wouldn't. He's not. He's smarter than that. So Actually, so we under so so we know that, and and you know it's one of those things like why 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 make somebody mad that's sending you that that has potential to make you money and make your life better? Why why get involved in such a such a, a messy divorce that nobody's going to win. There's no winners in this. Arkansas's not going to win. AGFC's not going to win. Residents aren't going to win. Non-residents are already losing. Nobody's going to win in this deal, and that's what people don't understand. This, I don't know. I can't figure out what they have on their agenda or what they're trying to accomplish, but whatever it is, it's not good for anybody. This is all political posture, and all they're all they're doing is pushing people a certain direction. And if these people don't believe this, they're crazy. If they, if these people really think deep down that the AGFC gives two freaking you know what about what Jim Joe from Cersei's doing on Friday morning, you've lost your damn mind. You've lost your mind. They don't have enough game wars to patrol what they have now. And, and so they don't have enough money to pay the game wardens to hire more game wardens, and so they're going to cut their their revenues down. They said, "Oh, we you know we we spent seventy five million last year trying to you know improve, but we really only need another seventy five. If I went to the bank and told them that I lost five hundred thousand last year, I need another five hundred thousand, or that you know five hundred thousand was okay. I appreciate that loan, but can I get another five hundred for what?" What are you doing with the 500 you have now? That's what a bank would say to me. That's what Jesse would tell me if I called him and said, look, man, I need $500,000 next week. Can you send me some origination papers and I'll sign them and send them over? He'd say, what do you, whoa, 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 I need more information. Whereas the AGFC does this, nobody asks them for more information. The residents don't go, oh, yeah, something weird's going on. The residents go, oh, yeah, give them the money. They need the money. Something, something's going on. Who knows? I don't know. But, do you think? Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you, I think that tensions look. There, there, there. There's been a lot less uh, moments in the woods than than people make it out to be in Arkansas. From the way I understand it, talking to people that that hunt over there a lot, it it gets blown way out of proportion. But I can see a situation, man. It could get bad over there. It could be some it's real incidents over there this year well, between people I, that are know, emotional know, on this topic 
there's a bunch of really, really, really good people in Arkansas. And there's a bunch of really, really good people that come over there and hunt. And the majority of people over there get it. They really do. And and so, you know, it's one of those things you just got to kind of deal with it. I mean, for me, it doesn't affect me. I've said this multiple times on the podcast. I don't hunt the WMAs that much. I may hunt them maybe 10, 15 times a year, probably closer to 5 to 10. And I enjoy doing it. But I do it during the week. There's nobody out there, whatever, you know. And, and so it doesn't affect me. But my, some of my best friends that hunt it 40, 50, 60 days a year that can't do it anymore, that are now trying to find places somewhere else, that's the people that I feel that I, that I feel bad for. That's the people that, you know, that had camps there. They own houses in Arkansas, own clubs, you know, just to hunt there. And so now what, now they don't, what do they have? They have a house and they can hunt what? 20, I don't even know how many it is, 30 days with five permits? It's just a slap in the face. It's, 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 it's basically telling us that they don't need us. They don't need our money. They don't need, they don't need us over there. And if that's true, that's fine. But I, but I, I don't see it. Go to Stuttgart on a Friday or Saturday night during duck season, and you tell me, you look me in the eye and tell me that everything's fine. And, yeah, some of these kids didn't go to Stuttgart back in the 90s. I get it. I'm just old, man. I'm just old. And I liked talking when I was a kid, so my dad would take me. I'm just old. I think I'm 40, okay? I'm just old. I've been doing it a long time. Have people been doing it a lot longer? Hell, yeah. But if you, you can see the changes. It, it's like every three to five years, there's a major shift or change, and people go, huh, wonder if, you know, like the point system, like that was so weird. You know, and everybody's just like, what, who, why? Like, just tell us we can kill two drakes and a hen or whatever, you know? And it, it just, it, things change. I get it. But don't, you know, don't make it worse than it has to be. You know, if you, if you want to make more money, raise my non-residence license to 500 a year. I'll pay it. I have no problems doing that. Raise it to, okay, it's 150 now. Raise it to 300. I have no problem paying that. I would gladly pay it. I love Arkansas. I want to see Arkansas, you know, I want to see it continue to be like it is. I want my kids to be able to go over there and do it. Does it matter to me? Not really, because I have private land. They can go no matter what, and it's not going to change that much. But, yeah, would I like to get them in the woods a couple of times with my buddies that are really, really good at hunting in the woods? Yeah. But, but you know, why, why, cut, why cut it off? Like, if, okay, here, okay, think about this for a second. Do you know about all the all the youth and college and high school bass fishing? Do you know what how that what you know how that's working right now? Are you familiar with that? It's probably you more your, area, but no, you it's pay your own okay, way. I mean, I don't well, know what sense that you're well, hey, about. Let, let, well, okay, this is what's happening, Rocky. Okay, these kids here, they've gotten now. You have high school fishing teams, college fishing teams. You have you have growing, all these growing teams. rapidly. It's growing, but it's bringing the older generation back into it that had quit. It's getting the guys that said, screw it. I don't want to go out there and spend this much on this and this much on rods and this much on gas and this much on guns. I mean, on uh, reels and gas and all that. They're starting to take their kids and grandkids, so they're starting to get back into it. So what's happening with the money? So so you get, you get you, why not do the same thing at duck hunting? Why are you trying to get people out? Why are you not trying to get people in? 
you complain because yeah. the you know you complain that the young kids are staying in the house and not doing outdoors and get kids outside. You got to get kids off the iPad. You got to get kids. How you can't do that by limiting the resource? It's not going to work. So don't give me this bullshit about how you're trying to get youth people, kids to hunt when all you're doing is limiting the adults. So the adults are going to go somewhere else or quit hunting altogether. It doesn't matter. They'll go to Missouri or they'll go to Canada. One, you know, you can, literally you can for the money people spend on duck hunting leases. You could go to Canada for two weeks, kill as many ducks and geese as you want to, and not even hunt the rest of the year. You could do that if you wanted to. So why are you why are you going to limit it and get people out of it when you need more people in it? So bass fishing people have used their heads and completely flipped what Arkansas is doing. And so now, bass fishing, crappie fishing, bow fishing, boat sales, rod sales, real lures, lure company, Strike King, Ranger boats, they're going crazy. They can't build them fast enough. Mercury Motors came out with a 254 stroke last year. You can't get one. You can't buy them. You can't find them. And it's because of this, the industry is moving forward instead of backwards. And if you don't understand that from a business perspective, or you can't get that wrapped around your head because you're a resident of a certain state, then you're not thinking. And you can't, you can't think a certain way. Maybe you're in a cubicle all day, you know, crunching, I don't know, writing thank you notes for your boss. I don't know. But if you can't figure out that this is happening and this is going to happen, then you're, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, nothing I can say to to get through to your head. I just I, I the original point. I, I just believe that there's going to be characters from each side that are very emotional on the on what they believe. Man, this going to be some this going to be some stuff that happens over there this winter. Yep, it, it will. But I, I think I, I don't think it's going to be the physical. I don't think people are going to get hot and get. There's going to be that. There's always that. But it's the certain crowd. And and it's not it, – it, it can happen any time. I mean, you're, you know, you don't want to get shot at. You know, I got a buddy last year that got peppered, and I laughed because he, all he was doing was chasing a cripple, and he's like – he just turned around and was like, guys, I'm I'm just trying to get this duck. Like, can I just, can I just get this cripple? I'll be back out of your way in just a minute, you know? Like – and did he get mad? Yeah, he was pissed, but he didn't say anything. He didn't want to. He didn't be like, "I face, come over here, and we're gonna throw hands." It, it didn't happen. But yeah, there's gonna be some people get pissed off, and you'll hear about them. They'll get tickets, or they'll, you know, the thing that happened a couple of years ago. But at any rate, I, I think it's it's more. I, I'm afraid that what they're doing is running people off, and people may say, "Oh, that's not true." They're still gonna come over here. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I, I'm going to come over there because I'm going to hunt 50 days over there every year regardless. doesn't matter. I only, I have a duck farm in Tennessee that I lease out that's 30 minutes from my house. I'm still going to drive 180 miles or 120 to 180 miles and come over there and hunt all the time. And I'm still going to go to the barn. I'm still going to go eat a steak every night. And I'm still going to do that. And that it's just the way it is. But it sucks. Like we said before, it sucks for the people that they're getting affected and that are screwed. And you know who they are, and they know who they are. And I don't know if they want me talking about it, but that's that's just the way it is, in my opinion, on that on that deal. So we'll see what happens. But it'll keep the dominoes will keep falling until somebody fixes it, and maybe Blondie will be the one to fix it. Hey, 
Change of directions. I got a couple of topics we got to talk about before we leave today. Got you on the line. Important topics. All right, so Friday night, I have to go to South Mississippi. I stay in uh, Holiday Inn in Jackson on Friday night. A little over two-thirds of the way where I had to go. So get up early. One of my favorite things about staying in a hotel, the only favorite thing is, or motel, whatever you want to call them, is the breakfast. I, I base my stay on what type of breakfast they serve. They better have a good breakfast, right? So we get up. We are not so much in a hurry, but we've, we've got time restrictions of where we got to get to. We got to be there at a certain time. So go down to the to the where they're serving breakfast, and there's no food. And I mean, so somebody didn't show up for work. They're short on food, and I'm trying to figure out why don't they have any food. And I look to the left of me. And there's a guy that has fixed like 20 different plates and stacked them on top of one another with bacon, sausage, eggs, biscuits with gravy. <laughs> Do you say something to that guy? And listen, this guy, this guy is jumping up and getting in line to fit and grabbing like six plates at a time when they bring refresh the food. Do you say something to him, or are you scared because his skin? may be a little darker than yours. No. No, you can't say anything. He was there first. Look, hotel breakfast, I mean, I, I can tell you're passionate about it, that you're really into it, but let's be honest, man. Just get a bowl of Fruit Loops and some orange juice. What you got to do, and the worst thing I ever did, and I don't remember when I did this, the worst thing I ever did at a hotel was stay in a concierge floor because now I'm not going without it. And, it, yeah, it costs a little more, but I, I'm not going and staying at, at – unless, I mean, obviously, it's not anything like in Kansas and Nebraska. So when we go up there, we're not, you're not going to find concierge floor. But, you know, like if I'm in Atlanta or Miami or somewhere, you you can bet your ass I'm getting the concierge floor. I don't care if I have to change my trip date. Because when I go upstairs and I want a beer and a hot dog or whatever they got up there, some more door, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to get some. And there's nothing better than walking down the hall walking in this big-ass room and grabbing all the beer and all the food you want. It just doesn't get any better. It's the, it's, it's, it's my, that's my hotel thing. Yours is the breakfast. Mine is the concierge floor. I mean, I will have, I will have to say that, that, that since I say that, it, Embassy Suites and my other favorite, Hampton usually has a good breakfast. But on that side of it, like the, uh, I'm trying to, I think it's the Hilton Garden Inn that, that has the, the, the great, con that concierge service like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the right, hey, courtyard. Go ahead. Now, all right, so one more before we leave today. You know, it's kind of funny that we talked about irritating things that just totally pissed you off last week. Well, it was almost like my phone was listening to me that on Twitter, things that irritate people the most popped up. And in that list was, you know, 
one of the biggest ones that I didn't think about last week. And you never got in. What is one thing? Seriously. What's one thing that drives you nuts? I could talk about this for four hours. Um, no, what, oh, no, 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 not minor no, things. I'm, just, I'm talking about one that you just freaking just can't even understand. I I hate riding in the car or in a vehicle with my wife more than anything in the world. <laughs> I don't. It's it's got to be my number one. What? All right. So so I mean, do, can you go into detail about that? She's terrible. She can't drive. She hates, oh, she and can't I hate drive. Riding, and I hate, I hate. She just, she's just a bad driver. And I hate ride. And I, I hate driving with her in the car. Also, that's probably number two. Because every time we go anywhere, what does she do? She gets on her phone, and so she's not watching oh, the road. So, if I, so, so if I stop fast or take off fast or do anything that she thinks is like. Reckless driving, she goes, Oh my God, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm driving. If you look up from your stupid phone and watch the road, you would know. She's like, You got to quit texting and driving. You just got you got to put your phone down. And I'm like, Put yours down. Yeah, man, um, that sounds just like Roy in and I. I'm glad she doesn't listen to this. But I mean, dude, when you're in the passenger seat, any little sudden movement feels five times Freaks more. You out. Yeah, because it's you're not paying attention. So that's that's my I think that's my number one. I mean, I could go into a thousand things that people do, but I mean, most of the times you can get around it or just you know you you figure something out. But that let me, I can, give, like, let me give you one that popped up in this list that it, look, I will flip a table over when this happens to me. I get so pissed off. <laughs> When somebody gets on a phone in a restaurant and they put it on speaker. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand. I do not want to hear your conversation. No. No. No, I don't want to hear your conversation at all. And, you know, I'm pretty good at ignoring people, but there's no reason. And, you know, that's, no, that's not good. Hmm. Well. Rom, I know i got to let you go. you got to get back in the shop. Man, I enjoyed it. I think that you brought a really, really great perspective on what's going over, going on over in Arkansas. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to you. But well, by God, I, enjoy, I enjoyed being with you, Rob. Happy 4th of July. I won't talk to you probably again before the 4th, but happy 4th of July. Thanks. Make sure everybody gets their bottle rockets and their whistling kitty chasers and all that. You know, you know, Josh Criswell, before I let you go, Josh Criswell bought a, a very, very important subject. He said he, he drove 200 miles over the weekend and not one single person shot a bottle rocket and he was disappointed in kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and my brother used to have Roman candle wars in the backyard and uh, that, whoo. And then when you shot the Roman candles, you used them as a you, you would shoot the right. rockets out of them. Right. Yeah. As a yeah, as a launcher, your cannon. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Oh boy! Happy Fourth of July, Rob. I enjoyed it. I want to thank you.
you for being here. Thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com.